2: hi everyone it's janet here just wanted to give you all a little bit of a heads up that the audio in this recording is going to be a little bit off specifically my mic uh, so i had a little bit of an emergency and needed to travel during the day that we had planned to record but we still really wanted to get this out to you guys so um, i ended up recording from a different location than helen and mel and that's why my mic sounds a little bit off so thanks so much for hanging in with us and i hope that you enjoy Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Helen. And I'm Mel.
3: Insecurities. From the outside, it can seem like the three of us are fairly put together, but I can rest assure you that we are not. Not. Talking about our failures and our insecurities on this podcast is hard for us sometimes, but we know that when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, we can connect and find comfort in knowing that we're not alone in our insecurities. So we did a little Googling, and here are nine common causes of insecurities one, comparing yourself to others, two, appearances and imperfections, whether it's external or internal, three, acceptance by others, like fitting in other people's opinions. Four, feeling unloved or unwanted, a sense of loneliness. Five, not measuring up to the standards of others, whether it's driven by a culture or society, media. Six, fear. Seven, failure, fear of failure or previous failures, making bad decisions, rejection. Eight, a tragic incident or circumstances like death, abuse, infidelity, something related to past trauma. Nine, Basing self worth on external factors such as job, gifts or talents, your spouse, children, appearance, material possessions. So let's open it up for a discussion, ladies. Despite all of your accomplishments, do you find yourself feeling filled with self doubt and short on confidence? What's something you can't, you know, fix with like a cream? So I can't buy
4: like you know the cream to fix my problems. On, There's no like, insecurity Amazon. cream out there. No. <laughs> i guess i can start it's actually really interesting we're talking about this topic today because i actually been feeling really insecure lately i think you ladies can probably sense that i was talking to you guys about this and i like broke down in tears the other day but i think for me like i'm realizing that i've been feeling really like low because honestly dating nowadays is really difficult i'll talk about why this affects my insecurity but like i think now we're in a new era of casual dating i think knowing the fact that the guys that you're interested in are dating other women can really fuck me up a little bit you know um it's like the casual dating culture nowadays right yeah because you know like they're dating other people and like sometimes maybe you might know the other person they're they're dating or the girls they dated before you due to like mutual friends and stuff and so like i think naturally i just start comparing myself to like oh that's the girl you dated before that's your ex-girlfriend or whatever and then for me when i tend to compare I always compare my physical looks and that's something I'm trying to figure out right now because I do realize I seek validation through men and others for my looks. These actually hit a lot of the different causes of insecurities, like comparing yourself to others, appearances, like acceptance. So like, I guess I could kind of talk through like why I feel so insecure with my looks. I think that I mentioned in a previous podcast, when the guys are dated, like I've always been really complimented on my personality, never about my looks. And looking back from high school, I've always been the girl within my girlfriend's that never got chased by men that my one friend was always oh that's that's vicky she's a hot one and there's mel like i'm the nice one i'm the friend you know like i Mm -hmm. That was always the category i had growing up and so in some weird way i think i overcompensated that i guess insecurity by building up my personality building up my extracurricular activity because i feel like in hopes that because i'm not pretty enough you might like me enough with all these accomplishments i'm doing and i feel like even looking at myself today that is what i'm still doing you know like trying to get that dream job chasing my passion and being that driven ambitious person because like hey if you see all these good qualities you'll know you ignore the fact that i'm not the hottest one in my group sorry my girlfriends are hotter than me it is what it is and it's a weird feeling because you know like being a aware person you know that's not something you should fixate on because like it's all, not all about physical appearance and that's something we always endorse but like you can't help but feel that way, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it plays too much weight of how I feel or my self-image on, I guess, men sometimes. But yeah, I think in terms of, like, with guys, I think that my past relationships, the guys always end up walking out on me. Because I had someone say to me, for, he's the one that said, you have the perfect personality. And then when we were breaking up, he said, you're not what I thought you were. Mm. And so when I hear that, I'm like, oh, okay, this aspect of my being, my personality is something that you love. When I'm not who you thought you were, your rose-colored glasses came off, you saw me for who I actually am my look. If it's not internal, it's external. I think another thing too is that a thing I'm realizing with myself is that since I don't consider my physical appearance like a 10 out of 10, I tend to chase men who I view as 10 out of 10 And what happens is i put these guys on a pedestal They shouldn't be doing this and i do because in hopes that if i could land that hot guy that means i'm hot Mm. that's that means i'm validating myself through that action Mm. and so i think when things don't work out whether it's casual or it's serious them leaving it's for me the statement is i'm not hot enough still i'm not enough and it's just like a weird thing that i'm going through right now it's just like it's a weird feeling because the thing i'm battling also right now is like i am confident enough I am proud of myself for all my accomplishments and everything. But on the flip side, I still feel insecure about this. So just like, then I feel like kind of like an imposter within my own mind, within myself. Even at off the mic event, like I am so proud of like these activities, these community events I'm really proud to be a part of and represent. But at the same time, am I not deserving of this? Because I don't exude this perfect person so this is a separate insecurity then just from your your looks yeah i think it's like separate but it's also i know it's kind of encompassing because i feel like we come off like really proud asian american woman i think we are like the part of me is proud to be who i am mm-hmm. but the flip side is i still don't feel confident enough so it's like what am i then
2: wait so you feel like you need to be more confident than you're feeling or yeah. like you're not confident enough
4: Kind of. It's like, you know what it is? I think it's like you're labeling yourself as a confident woman, but a confident woman wouldn't be insecure about their looks. It's kind of like that thing. Mm. And then you feel bad about having this insecurity. You're like, wait, yeah, okay. why do I think this yeah, way? Yeah, I can actually
2: relate to that a lot. Um... I think when it comes to body image, you know, I didn't really have a sense of like feeling bad about my body when I was growing up, like even in high school and in college, a lot of my girlfriends would be like, oh my gosh, I'm gaining weight or things like that. And I never really like cared or had that awareness. But then, you know, after college, like I did have a period where I gained a little bit of weight and I remember feeling like, you know, starting to feel that insecurity and actually then feeling insecure about the fact that I was feeling insecure. So it was kind of like judging myself for feeling that and that just intensified it. So I know what you mean with that kind of. Of like a little bit of that like mind fuck that goes on.
4: Oh, totally.
3: I think body image is something that I think everyone goes through, right? Even yeah. like models and the most beautiful people out there, I mm-hmm. think they're always very like self-conscious about their looks and their appearance mm-hmm. in high school. It is like a superlative. Mm-hmm. So I was voted prettiest in high school. I remember that day we were in Washington D.C. for a field trip and like Everyone started looking at me and, like, analyzing me. Uh-huh. They were like, oh, who's that? Who's this girl? Especially, like, all the people that I just didn't hang out with. They were, like, pointing at me, like, oh, that's her over there. Mm-hmm. And I could tell that there was, like, a like a, a really look, yeah. you know, that they gave me. And it was, like, the most, one of the most embarrassing days. I just wanted to, like, hide under a rock or behind a tree or something. But I think that that also messed with my own perception of myself that, you know, there was this, like, identity that I had to, like, fulfill. And if I didn't, then I would almost not be who people
4: identified me as yeah if that makes sense because i think when you're voted like most attractive it's like it's kind of like a high value statement so in a sense like and through their eyes they're valuing for that statement but so when you feel like you're losing yourself or maybe let's say this sounds really weird maybe like you gained weight or you got a really bad haircut mm. that attractiveness goes down you're probably thinking like oh shit like they don't value me as high anymore right
3: or like that's where my worth was right mm. to these people who saw me as strangers so that became like that my my worth too yeah and i feel like throughout high school I was always like very active and and you know that feeling like I had to like look active and look like pretty like I think about this stuff like a lot too you know mm-hmm. that's like at the top of my mind and that's for sure like an insecurity of mine yeah so I think everyone kind of goes through it in you know different ways oh yeah
4: body image is a huge thing yeah body is a physical thing you see mm-hmm. like I compare myself to you two all the time because you guys are more fit than me like physically you know probably like damn it I wish I just enjoyed fitness more so I could look like you guys but I think there's also like from what I see from you is
3: that I wish I could be as like con- like when you say I don't have that much confidence I'm like yeah. Mel has like all the confidence in the world that I you know that's something that I'm insecure about because even with this podcast and like emoting I'm not good at emoting Mm. but you do a really really good job of compartmentalizing or summarizing your feelings and being able to translate it to people to vocalize it and that's something that I realize that I struggle a lot with Mm -hmm. so when you do have a lot of confidence and so I see that I'm like oh I want that too and it's not physical right Mm -hmm. you can't see it but it's a thing it's more of an intangible that I view too.
2: Yeah, but even with our body, like I remember there was a statement that you made. Um, there was this time where we were like, we all were about to go out and we got into the elevator together. You we were just talking about kind of like girls and how they dress up and stuff and to go out. And you were like, yeah, you know, my boyfriend actually likes curves. Mm. And I remember I was like, wow, Mel really like owns that, you know? So you really have a sense of confidence in your body. But I think it's important to note that at the end of the day, even though we are secure about certain aspects of of us, yeah, that yeah. maybe the outside world would view as insecurities, we're still gonna have times where we doubt or we don't feel that confident in something.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like for sure. When you, you have your lashes on. And I know. I mean, <laughs> I, I think when you also mentioned, like, you take a lot of validation from men, but like your girlfriends are always like, dang, this glow up. Like, look at you, Mel. You know, like, mm-hmm. do you not put as much value in us?
4: No, I. <laughs> <laughs> God, well, I. You know what it is? I. Maybe I take it for granted. Like, maybe that's what it is. Mm. And, like, I don't know. I, I but. Ugh. <sighs> yeah. I, mean, I think, yeah. I You know what it is, too? It's just maybe because, like, I've, I'm very fortunate to have, like, amazing, amazing women in my life that are that I can call my friends. The flip side is I look at you, too. I'm like, yeah, you guys validate me. I feel like you guys also validate by being friends with me. The whole cheerle- the cheerleader effect is so true. I'm like, yeah, it's just being around, like, Helen Janet, like, they'll think I'm hot, too. That's what it is. You know? It's like, <laughs> it's
2: like a weird thing. Well, I feel that way when we're out socially and you have such this, like, bubbly personality and you're just so easily swimming through the room just talking to all these people. And I'm like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I have the cheerleader effect also with like your personality. I feel that way too.
4: You know what it is? Like I think everyone goes through this is just like, you only see it through your perspective yeah. and you just zone in on that insecurity. And then everyone else is like, no, I don't see it like I that. I mean, I
3: think that that is literally what an insecurity is. It becomes manifested in your own head. And yeah. especially when you don't vocalize it, it becomes a bigger like demon or monster that kind of takes over just your whole perception of who you are and, and how p- other people view you. Right. Yeah. But it could be like, complete like opposite and and they don't see you like that at all
4: yeah well what other insecurities do you guys also feel besides like you know like body image
2: well actually one of my biggest insecurities is um competence and i think this kind of Ties back to a little bit of like our culture and our upbringing. We're taught to really value like academic achievement, right? And really being able to like do well in school and things like that. And I remember growing up, like in elementary school, our school had this like gifted and talented program. So they would give these tests to all these kids. And then if you tested high, they would put you in these advanced courses. Well, my sister, who's younger than me, tested into these classes and I didn't. And I remember like even though my parents make a big deal out of it, it wasn't like You know, I wasn't scolded for it. They were very kind of like supportive just in me doing whatever I was doing in my classes. I still kind of developed this chip on my shoulder that I wasn't as competent and I wasn't as knowledgeable. And I think from there, that stemmed through even into then my work, right? And as someone who has transitioned so much in my career, I'm constantly being kind of a new person in a role and feeling like, oh my God, do I know all the things? Am I coming off competent? Do I know what I'm talking about? Am I carrying my weight? And so that's definitely insecurity that I still deal with now. And that bleeds into my current life.
3: So we have this episode called imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, And I think that kind of speaks to that absolutely where you just don't feel like you deserve to be where you are i feel that way all the time too with like this podcast i mean like one of my fears is like public speaking right and i mentioned that at the off the mic event where i say like some people are born with like eyes they don't like i'm born with this like quiver in my throat your vibrato
4: (laughs) yeah my vibrato that's what you said at the event you're like your vibrato's coming out like vibrato, i was like girl wrong conversation (laughs) you we said vibrato
3: (laughs) i think it's vibrato right i don't know whatever anyway but yeah so like i think Something that I have noticed myself is like I'm not good at sort of like summarizing translating my feelings across in a very simple manner Mm -hmm. and when you're podcasting you're talking about your feelings and experiences and having to dig back into like childhood and I'm just like my memory's not that good I don't know so a part of me also feels like with this podcast like am I carrying my weight am I contributing enough and showing up as my best self that I could be and I I don't feel like I am most of the time you are yeah (laughs) Helen is responsible for this outline I think that's one of the things too right like my insecurities stem from like perfectionism Mm. absolutely like i've been going to therapy recently and just like i don't know there's a lot of things that i am insecure about and so talking to the therapist she was like i think you want everything to always be like perfect and oh sorry i didn't know you started therapy i did isn't that amazing yes last week yeah so it's been it's been good and it helps to sort of like identify these things and Like when I'm sitting on the couch, I'm just like, I don't know. I can't, I can't talk about my feelings. And then, you know, they just kind of force you to. But yeah, so I think like even the speaking in public thing, I fear that I'm going to say something dumb or I'm just going to black out and not know what to say next. Like what's the next words coming out of my mouth or that people will just i'll mess up a word or something and they'll be like oh she's dumb you know oh my gosh that's something i think contributes to that quiver because then when you're short of breath i think that's when your throat like tightens up a little bit <laughs> <laughs>
4: And then you're just like, Ugh. i guess you know it's weird like i know everyone goes to insecurities and i think we talk about like what we're afraid of with the podcast and i knew you were nervous for the speaking event but like i think it's the first time i'm actually hearing it and it's actually like processing my mind because when i look at youtube i'm like you guys got the shit covered like on the podcast when you guys are speaking i'm always in awe like We already know, like, Janet, this girl, like, has a voice of a goddess. And the way you're able to, like, wrap everything up, that's why we always throw you all the hard intros, all the other things for guests.
2: That's funny because I get really insecure, I guess, like, when we talk about kind of, like, the thing that you're well, that you're known for or, like, is a strength and sometimes you come in insecurity – I feel like because people tell me that I speak well, I put a lot of pressure on that. And so even in public speaking events, like, you know, at the recent like off the mic event, I really did blank out. I lost my train of thought and like Mel and Minji were helping me kind of like tell my story. When I hit a point on my insecurity, I kind of just like, I freeze
3: and I'm a freezer and I just kind of like blank out. But then it's it's funny because like from my perspective, sitting in the audience for for your panel, I didn't think of you being incompetent like at all during yeah, that point in time. Yeah, me too. It was more just like, oh, she got a crazy story and she can't keep track of her own story. Yeah, <laughs> like it just added to. I think what you the were actually saying.
2: Yeah. But yes, the other thing about focusing on my insecurity of confidence, I feel like like when I was telling my story, people might be like, "Oh my god, this girl's like jumping all over the place, she doesn't know what she's doing." So maybe more than like the public speaking thing and that being the insecurity, it was more being able to tell my story concisely and having it make sense and feel like I'm like thinking clearly and logically. So it makes me feel like, you know, some can see that, "Oh my god, this this girl like doesn't know what she's doing." It's
4: oh, sorry, it just blows my mind. Not only blows my mind, but, like, it shows that we're so caught up in our own, like, vision or perception of who our insecurities are. I didn't notice about you too, because, like, I'm also, like, you, like, what Helen said, like, I'm watching from far. I'm like, when you guys say things, I'm almost like, wow, how do they word that so well? Like, when I'm saying things, I'm, like, stuttering. I have a lisp. And, like, I literally lose my train of thought. And I'm blacking out as I'm talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs>
2: like. I was actually going to say, Mel, specifically at, like, the off-the-mic event when we started going up there and I remember I started feeling like really anxious and you just started so easily. And I think it's like, you just have this really great natural ability to kind of feel what you're feeling and then be able to say it so freely without filter. I think like that's something kind of different, like Helen, myself, or maybe people that we tend to kind of sit and think and we want to filter more because we have that fear of not being able to articulate it the right way or or whatnot. So it's interesting that for you, the thing that's an insecurity, um, speaking so freely and openly, it's actually, it's
3: actually very much a strength. Yeah, no, for sure. It absolutely is. And I I hope you, you, (laughs) Mel's looking so confused right now. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like, yeah, it's all in our own head. We're literally the only ones curating our own insecurities is what we're hearing. This is like a therapy session. No, actually,
4: it feels like it it feels very therapeutic. I want to see if Helen feels this way too. But when Jane, you're talking about like you put a lot of self self worth in your work Mm -hmm. because you want to feel competent. I feel like that's something a lot of our listeners can relate to, especially in our career. Like for me, man, I feel I don't feel very settled at my company right now. Even though I love my job and I like what I'm doing. I feel so much pressure to live up to this title of leadership because I'm part of leadership now, right? And I have mm-hmm. this head of community role. Knowing the fact that you're a work in progress, which is like it's like a good thing because you should enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, all this like woo woo shit, right? But then the reality of is when you're going through, you feel like crap. Like I, I only feel settled when I master my my role or my title mm-hmm. which is something we talked about imposter syndrome right feeling wanting to be the expert of everything and the thing is when, now that i have an intern that goes to me for mel is this what you want is this what is this what we should do moving forward i have to make that decision and i'm like what the f-? i don't know yeah. like and then i feel insecure like oh crap i'm not am i, am I not being a good leader like am mm-hmm. i not meant for this role should i step down like i don't know like and i had a moment like that at work where i literally was crying because i felt like i wasn't doing my part of leadership and there are times when they're talking i get so confused i think people see me and like people message you me on LinkedIn saying, like, oh my gosh man I want to learn about all this media stuff and how you got here and I'm just like girl I'm I don't fucking know what I'm doing like yeah. I, I, I I still don't know you know when you like you see people when you're younger and you're like networking trying to get into a job and they seem so like put together they're the account manager like some kind of management role and you always think like yeah that girl got it mm-hmm. but now when you're here in this world you're like I don't got it yeah, right <laughs> yeah. I think Helen also like you know working in this role like you work so hard to get to where you're at it's when you first start off in a
3: new role that Mm -hmm. you question yourself and even like just getting your handle on like the administrative things and like all the processes and all that takes a while to build up since i've been at my job for like nine years now i think i felt that way a lot when i first started and then maybe when i became like a manager I felt like I had more control over it because my first couple of years, I spent a lot of time just making sure I understood like everything Mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't feel dumb. And when people ask me like, Oh, what's one advice you would give to someone who's like entry level? I would say just get really fucking good at what you're doing because then no one can ever question you Mm -hmm. and make you feel like you're not smart enough. There are still many times when I'm in a meeting and someone just, like, comes off more confident, and when they say, like, oh, this is the right answer, this is the right way to do it, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I think so, too, you know? like So I question myself, and I I don't have a lot of confidence if I'm, like, kind of wavering. I'll just Mm. be like, okay, I think you know what you're doing, and so let's try that. And usually it's wrong, and it's like, oh, I should have just, like, gone with my gut and, like, tried to go with what my initial thoughts were and try to build that out or have more confidence in my initial thought, you know? So that's something that I definitely struggle with and want to work through more too. But it's like, yeah, feeling like you're, you're not smart enough, that's something that was difficult for me, especially in the beginning. Mm. Yeah, I mean,
2: I just started a new job like uh, six to eight months ago, and you ladies have seen me go through the horrible experience. I mean, I was on a really tough project, and I would say that still remains to this day the most challenging experience I have ever had at work. I mean, I like I cried like three times throughout the project. I had multiple personal conversations with many of the leads on my team, but it was it was just the most extreme experience of feeling just really incompetent.
4: It makes sense because I think one thing you always said to us coming back, like honestly, Janet's been going through. Like a hell of a a hell month, hell month, hell month. I think maybe to give some context. Um, so I've been in this
2: career of user experience design for about four to five years. And it's actually a fairly newish field. The tech field has been changing so quickly in the last couple of years that the position and the title and the how it's practiced is so different everywhere. And so I kind of came into the situation where at my very last job, I was promoted very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm swinging into this new role, and it's actually a different type of company. It's an agency where they have clients versus working in-house. And the way they practice is also really different. So I basically stepped into a role and situation where like, the level that they placed me at and the specific way they practice that role is, does not really match where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I had experiences where you're like presenting in front of people and you can see on their face, you're just like falling flat. You're like not at all doing the right thing. And then, you know, having conversations with people where they're like, do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm like, it uh, <laughs> usually is no. know, <laughs> it's so really just like having those like feelings of the extreme of like truly feeling incompetent and like you're failing and that you're like failing your team too. And then it bled into like, I started feeling like, oh my God, I suck at everything, you know, and even the things that generally are my strengths in projects where like it's presenting or, you know, being able to like interview people, I would start getting that like quiver in my voice where I was really like questioning myself and everything.
3: But I think what you've also learned from that is that the system that was set up for you was not done well because they said- that they hired a lot of other people in a similar role as you and then they also left because they were like okay i don't feel like i'm competent enough and i don't feel like i'm doing enough so that was
2: helpful you know like knowing that i wasn't alone that right. other people were having similar experiences coming in and not being able to perform at the at the right level yeah. but still when i was going through the experience it still felt really really shitty right and now that i have had some time away from it i kind of in hindsight Realize that I was internalizing that a lot, yeah, and kind of like it was hyperinflated in my mind. And I think that that's actually something as Asian American people, like mm. I feel like we're kind of taught to really focus so much on our academic performance, but then which then translates when we get older into our job performance. Mm-hmm. And we feel like just because we're not doing well at work, that it means that we're not doing well in life, and that we tie our personal self value to that. So I think. For me, that was more of a lesson going forward in really learning to separate, like, my job from my identity. Like, what I do is not who I am.
4: Yeah, I think you mentioned a really interesting thing about, like, our cultural upbringing really affects how you view yourself. Because I do think growing up, I see a lot of my accomplishment from my mom. Like, you want to get A's and all these things. That was the expectation. Like, I'm going to succeed and exceed your expectations. And so I think that's why with even my job. I'm seeking this approval from someone higher than me, someone like whatever to make sure I'm good. Mm, You know, like as to my boss, I would say like, hey, is this right? He's like, Mel, I want you to find the answers for yourself. Like, don't ask me. And like he always says, answer first. Let me know your answer before you ask me because I want to see that you you could think for yourself this way. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's a really good advice. Because then I wonder, like, when I seek validation in terms of, like, physical beauty or finding a partner and I seek it from someone else, I deem as higher. Mm -hmm. Is that related to because I used to do that with my mom, with my family, you know? Yeah,
2: maybe because within our culture, we're taught to really look for validation from authority.
4: It makes sense because if you think we think about it, like, when we talk about being in the career, being in your workforce, it's like, you don't want to ruffle any feathers. You don't want to cause any disturbance. Mm -hmm. You want to please the authority, right? And so I think that's why we kind of deal with this it's sprinkled about other aspects of our life maybe i just thought of something really random what's up um (laughs) the
3: whole feeling like i always questioning myself when i whenever i do something wrong i just thought when um tyler was visiting my nephew he just turned two yeah but we went to the aquarium and we saw these fish in a tank and i saw a sign that said piranhas and it's like oh tyler these are piranhas and then this little five-year-old came by and he was like no it's not and i was like it's not (laughs) really questioning myself because I was like oh maybe that's like for the other tank and oh no I taught Tyler something wrong and then I looked at it I was like that's a fucking piranha like
4: what the fuck (laughs) a five year old confidence made you question your own
3: so then I told the kid I was like that's a piranha there's a sign right there that says it and he was like I think oh okay and then I was like yeah Dick <laughs> I wonder
2: maybe something happened when you were younger in school, like where you said something, and maybe people made you feel like you were wrong, uh, like there was like embarrassment or something. I mean, I can't identify a
3: time, but absolutely, probably, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I would say I probably I have a familiar feeling like. I feel like when something wrong happens, I automatically think that it's that I'm wrong versus someone else being wrong. Yes.
4: Dude, yes. same thing, yeah, So I
2: wonder if maybe something happened when you're younger, maybe like when we went to
3: school and there was like a language thing and someone made fun of you. And then that translates to like work, right? When I'm like semi-confident about something and then someone else says like, oh, it should be this way. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, let's go with your way because I don't yeah. think I'm, I don't want to put all my eggs into my basket of what I think is correct because it
4: probably isn't. But
3: yeah. then it turns out like,
4: Usually it kind of is. That's something I'm working on too. I've developed more of like a voice at my company. It's also because like I think we could talk about this later, but like I'm encouraged to fail a lot. Yeah. So That's if good. I'm wrong, yeah. fuck. Let me be wrong. Let me fail, and I'll own up to it. Versus like, wait, like, but am I, am I wrong? Oh, you know yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't. I want to stop questioning myself, yeah. which is really hard. Men do yeah. such a good job at that. All you A B Bs out there.
3: All you bees.
2: Because <laughs> I guess because it's like. Society teaches them that. That's true. Yeah. And maybe especially within Asian culture too, I feel like there is like this like elevation of men. Yeah type yeah. I was
4: actually telling my, one of my best guy friends about it. He's super confident. Yeah. You know him. I was on the phone, I went to that like moment of insecurity with you guys and I like was crying and I called him. I was like, you yeah. know, I was like, you know what I noticed? You've never had a moment like that. And you never shared it with me. Like, mm. why are you ever are like are you insecure? He's like, Yeah, I mean I have moments of it, but I don't like verbalize, I internalize, and I work through it privately but I got to a point where I'm so confident in my creative ability and my work that I don't feel insecure as much anymore. Wow. I was like, oh shit.
3: <laughs> we should have an episode where we bring on a couple of like ABBs to talk about like their actual insecurities. Oh yeah. That would be really interesting.
4: I could be incorrect. There's different types of men. Like my brother is like more introverted and he exudes things differently, but like the confident, like men that are exteriorly confident, they show their insecurities differently than us. I think for us, we kind of shut down and like we want to go and journal or cry in a corner. But I think some of the, like our guy friends, When they're insecure, they overcompensate by even coming off even more like, yeah, like egotistical or whatever. And I'm just like, that's really interesting how you do that instead. We don't do that. Mm, Like, our reactions
2: are the opposite. Like, they feel the need to like flail their chest more. And we feel like they need to
3: like kind of like, or we just automatically react by shrinking. I think another thing that I struggle with is I don't retain information well, especially when it comes to like pop culture. So that's something that I've been pretty insecure about. It's like, when people are talking about, like, movie references or whatever, it's like, I don't have anything to fucking add to this conversation. So, <laughs> I like, I just sit there in silence, and I'm just like, ugh, like, I wish I knew. Mm-hmm. And so that is something that is an insecurity of mine, because it's like, I don't know, I just don't want to open my mouth and, like, talk about it. If I don't know, I don't, I don't have anything to contribute. So I, and I felt that way, actually, about, like, politics, I would say, like, two years ago. I felt like I was in the bubble. Like, I was so focused on just my work and doing a good job at my work that, nothing in the outside world really affected me and I like knew nothing about politics or anything about the world, didn't read the news or anything like that. And then I think when I felt so insecure about it, I was like, okay, what are you, what can you do to actually just learn a little bit to be in touch with like what's going on around you? And now I find news and everything like incredibly fascinating and politics. Before I used to like shy away from it because I was like, oh I, I don't know and I don't want to like show that I'm like getting into it because then people are going to see me getting into it.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, so then maybe it's like maybe if they have an expectation and then you don't want to fail or not meet their expectation. Yeah, yeah. Like if they were to see and
3: they'll like start asking me questions about it, like, I don't know, I just I just start to scratch the surface, like yeah. go away, you know? I'm the type of person that wants to be like completely knowledgeable about mm. something before I make a point or make a stance on something. It's a competency yeah, thing.
2: Yeah. for sure. It's your natural
3: interest. It's
4: funny you mention that because I'm like flipped with you in a sense i'm like really aware of pop culture i love celebrity gossip and news yeah. i'm so insecure when it comes to politics i don't know shit i don't know what the fuck is going on right now and everyone's like you, you should know you should care and i'm just like oh fuck i should like i should i should the word should i should care yeah. but i'm like but you should want you
3: want to not you should
4: yeah but then i'm kind of like crap i'm not doing my due diligence of like as a u.s citizen to know what's going on in the world yeah. and to be honest that has held me back in a lot of ways because i never admitted this out loud but I never voted before because I was so scared to. I always felt like my opinion really doesn't matter because mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not educated enough on this. And but I voted for the first time I think last year. Mm-hmm. It was empowering to know what was going on. Yeah, and I think that's something I got to get better at, like with the upcoming election. But yeah, I feel like I'm not educated enough. Okay, on well this. we should talk. <laughs>
2: So the thing about the insecurities of a knowledge gap of like politics or even pop culture, mm-hmm. the thing I did notice that I liked about what Helen mentioned is that when she found that she had a gap in something, she decided to like look for ways to fill that gap, right? So it was like listening to different podcasts. So maybe that's like a lesson in when you have like a gap in knowledge
3: that is an insecurity, there are things you can do about it before media kind of blew up like youtube and all of that like it's hard to get news like it's so dry you know it's so like depressing hearing the news reading it watching it so what i do now is listen to npr up first mm-hmm. it's like a 10 minute summary of all of the news that's going on all the important news and i do that while brushing my teeth and then at night time i usually turn on like colbert or trevor noah jimmy fallon um, and then i watched that and it's like it's done in just a much more like humored way mm-hmm. you know so you still get your news but in a in a funny way but then yeah like pop culture I'm, i was like in my bubble up mm-hmm. until i think i moved to la actually la kind of brings that out of you.
4: well i think you have to because we're like we're, in the, we're the hub entertainment
3: yeah you know She was like oh everyone's talking about this like what the fuck what, what is this no yeah exactly so yeah that's absolutely one of my insecurities
4: Native is a San Francisco-based personal care company that's made a name for itself by offering safe, effective body products at drugstore price points. We try their lavender and rose and coconut and vanilla deodorants, both of which smell super good, goes on smooth and clear, and doesn't leave residue.
2: Less is more with Native. Their products are aluminum, paraben, sulfate, and talc-free, and filled with ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch, which absorbs
3: wetness. They never test on animals. They have something for everyone. Native comes in a wide variety of scents for men and women. Their classic deodorant scents include coconut and vanilla, their most popular scent, lavender and rose cucumber and mint and eucalyptus and mint there's also unscented options if you have sensitive skin or simply prefer a fragrance free deo there's no risk to try they offer free returns and exchanges in the usa for 20% off your first purchase visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code abg during checkout again that's 20% off your first purchase on
0: nativedeodorant.com promo code abg during checkout do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy the secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers Cash. You can redeem your Pampers Cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one
1: pediatrician recommended brand. This episode is brought to you by saks.com. At saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe.
0: Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
3: So another one of my
2: insecurities is um, maybe more like my quiet or introverted nature. Um, and it kind of flip flop because when I was much younger, it was like a pretty big insecurity of being more reserved and quiet. And then I went through a period in like high school and college and even work where I really pushed myself to kind of like develop these extroverted or like practice extroverted qualities. So, you know, I forced myself into like leadership positions, into lots of public speaking, into lots of situations where I would have to network. And it was to the point then where I became really comfortable with those skills and they started to feel like strengths. And then, you know, I went through another period of my life where then I kind of went back into what was more my natural nature, which is just to be more reserved. And I kind of prefer to kind of have more solo time and be more introverted. And I guess I tell that story to kind of tie back to like what Helen was saying. That when you have an insecurity, one way to address it is, you know, she did it through a knowledge gap by studying up on things. And for me, it was a quality where I pushed myself to kind of practice and develop those other skills. That's like one way you can either skill up in terms of knowledge or in developing the skill set so that you can build confidence.
3: And that's definitely something that we've seen in you too, Janet, like in terms of like New York, our first meetup and mm-hmm. seeing you like push yourself out there to talk to like like 10 people at one time and hold a conversation amongst all of them and create dialogue. I mean, you're definitely doing that,
4: right? Oh, yeah. So
2: what's interesting is maybe because, like, I think it's, like, the group dynamics. So when I'm around more recently working with the two of you because you guys tend to be more extroverted, I think my introversion kind of, like, intensified a little bit. You know, different working dynamics of, like, the team setting, right? Mm -hmm. So, but when I was in college, like, I was the president of an organization for two years and I had to get up there and lead um, meetings constantly and stuff. But then, you know, like, different period in my life, you know, I'm more comfortable with kind of, like where you're not practicing that as much, maybe my natural state kind of takes over again.
3: But you, th- Honestly, wait, you think your introversion has intensified because of that? Yeah. I
2: mean, I guess, no, it's, it's just kind of how, like, group dynamics work, right? Like, just different group settings, mm-hmm. different you know, different sides of you come out.
4: I got it. Yeah. But I also think in general, like, I think I mentioned to you before, like, I used to, I'm i extremely extroverted. I was even more so in college. Yeah. Not anymore. I'm getting more introverted as I got older. And so even in large group settings, you saw me in SF. I was like, after like an hour talking, I was like, dude, I got to go hide in a room because I'm exhausted. But with you, you're like, I feel fine. And I was like, what? You feel fine? I, I, why do I feel like this? I do think as you get older, you do become a little bit more introverted, though, just naturally.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think what I'm trying to express or articulate is that, like, my introversion or quietness used to be an insecurity, and then I went through a phase where I really felt like I could own it and felt confident in it. Yeah. But then when there are periods where I might not be feeling as confident, mm-hmm. then I start to kind of feel like that insecurity gets kind of, like, riled up again. Isn't
4: that crazy, though? Like, literally where you are mentally and other, other things can actually determine how insecure you are with other things, yeah. too. yeah uh, trickles and other stuff
3: it's easy to feel less insecure when you don't like expose yourself to the world Like, you know, if you just stay at home, hide under your blankets, right? Mm -hmm. You're like,
4: oh, I feel less
3: insecure now. But you can't do that all the time. So Janet, you already mentioned, you know, sort of doing the opposite of your insecurity of feeling like a little bit more quiet and reserved by pushing yourself out there and getting out there. What else do you ladies do to help with your self-esteem or to just help get over the insecurities you've mentioned?
4: Well, I think for me, because I'm actually going through it right now, I think talking to you guys really helped me. And I think, you guys, it's just encouragement because, like, when I was going through all this stuff, even, like, with men or people in your life, like, casual dating thing, you guys literally said to me, like, you don't know what their full story is. Like, you just know your perspective and perception of it. And, like, they could be going through things that you don't know. It's not really you. Yeah. Kind of mentality. And it's hard to sometimes, sometimes process, but that's helping
3: or it's easy it's easy for you to just take the situation and say like oh it's because of my appearance it's because of my looks because that's been an insecurity that has been built up over time but yeah just hearing about the guys that you are with or have had a thing with it's more like i don't think they're ready i think they could have like the hottest person in the world and they'd still be like i'm not satisfied just based on their like mental and where they are at this point in time
4: yeah no for sure and it's weird because like even like my ex-boyfriend like now looking back, I'm like, yeah, we were totally, we're not meant to be together, but it took me a long time yeah. to kind of process that. And, I, and I, there's still insecurities there too, but no, it's just, re- it's understanding that component of it and not jumping to conclusions as to, oh, you didn't like me? Cause I was, I'm ugly or like, I'm not as attractive. So mm-hmm. just kind of like in a weird way, humanizing them too. Yeah. Right. That's something that has helped me with that insecurity of physical looks and just my self-worth but one thing I also mentioned this at the off the mic event but the one thing I always resort to when I'm going through like intense insecurities is just I journal I'm always really softer to myself I, I write to myself I go hi Mel and like I want to remind you all these things and oh, I get like angry at myself <laughs> like, I think you just suck <laughs> I think for me it's like my inner chatter in my mind is already so harsh yeah. when I'm writing on paper and I'm talking to myself actually I want to be softer too
2: that's nice and, oh that's a really yeah I guess I never thought about doing that that's, like, yeah, that's yeah. a great or way to journal Yeah, they say that generally we tend to treat ourselves so negatively. Yeah. Like you should speak to yourself the way that you would speak to your best friend, right? Versus kind of being harsh the way that your internal talk and your internal dialogue tends to be.
4: Yeah. And it's weird because I think in your head, it's like all internalized. When I'm actually putting it out in the world again, I want it to be positive. Mm -hmm. So I, I will share my insecurities. But I'll be like, you know what? And I always say, let's talk about the things you're actually proud of. Let's, what are things yeah. you actually love about yourself? Because I think you lose so much of self-love when you're questioning your self-worth through mm-hmm. a, a situation or whatever. So it's like you got to like, regain the self-love back. Yeah. So I literally list down like A, B, and C. This is what I love about myself. And why do I love this about myself? And then I like, then I go back and it's like a little nice reminder. Yeah. I think another, like you said, like talking to your best friend, I always think about would I would have a daughter, how would I want to speak to her to make sure she's loved and taken care of? Mm-hmm. And that's like, how yeah. I want to treat myself too. So definitely journaling, meditating. I, like, I always go back to these like two things. Like I've been meditating again because I stopped. And so it's been helping me like, center myself because when you end the meditation, the one I do with Headspace, there's two things. He always says, one, take satisfaction in the fact that you like, shelled out five minutes just for you. Yeah. you know, you're giving something back to yourself. And two, one thing I always took away is that with all these insecurities, they're inner chatter, right? And so he says, a thought only becomes a thought when you think about it too much. So just saying that, you know, the reason why your insecurities are, you know, becoming larger than what it is because you're actually thinking about it more. So why don't you just note it? Hey, I'm feeling insecure. Comment. I note it. Let me brush it aside and I'll move on with my day. Mm -hmm. Because the more you're like, oh shit, this is insecurity, you're like spending more time in that thought. It becomes worse and you spiral out. Yeah. And so even when I was going through my breakup, that helped me so much because you're like, oh shit, I want to stalk this guy. No, I shouldn't do that. So you're like, oh, note it. Kind of want to stalk. No, yeah, I'll do something else that's that's worth my time and distract myself in a weird way. And slowly, as the time progresses, you don't think about it anymore. Yeah,
3: I thought you were instead of journaling and meditating that you were going to say like, I got my hair done, I put my lashes uh, on, I
4: put my heels on, and I actually naked. <laughs> funny you say that. Another. This is actually another thing I should mention how I code to my breakup. Yeah, I don't think I'm sexy. I don't think I'm hot. But I will. My roommate could attest to this. She's like, what the fuck is going on in your room? I close my door. I lock it. I put on, like, my sexiest heels, my sexiest dress. And I blast, like, sexy music, Beyonce, or, like, some hot K-pop music. And I dance. In front the mirror, I'm like, yeah, girl, you hot shit. Mm. And I think for some reason, that just brings it out. Like, it's like a yeah. fierceness that comes out. That's empowering. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, oh, I could, I could be that person. Yeah. So that's another thing I do. <laughs> Good, good reminder there, Helen. (laughs) So how'd you know? Um, How about you guys? For me, I have a handful
2: of like really close girlfriends with whom, you know, when I'm going through hard times, just like I will do for them, I'll get on the phone with them and just have like a pretty quick chat. And these are people who I know know me very well and know my strengths and will be able to kind of just cut through and, and tell me the things that that are core to who I am and not based on any type of external uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's something that that really helps and is really centering when you can have those
3: people kind of remind you. Yeah, I agree. I think just surrounding yourself with like powerful, supportive women, women that you trust and that you can share your insecurities with. So yeah, like you said, so that they can show you that that might be a one-sided thought, but that there is so much more to you that you should be feeling confident and really secure about too. That's really important. Because
4: otherwise you just internalize it, like yeah, you keep saying, right? I completely agree with what you're both saying. I feel like I find myself feeling really lucky to have you too, because I think when we're both I think all three of us share insecurities with each other. But I never feel like, oh, she just saying that say that. Like it never feels like a blank statement when you guys are giving back advice to, to me. And I feel like it's really thoughtful and very like real advice you guys are giving. And yeah, I I want to share this little quick story. But when I was going through like overly moment of insecurity, I always remember this. And I, I, I thank you so much for it, but, like when I was crying, when I was going through that, like, oh, my God, here we go again.
3: Oh, God. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to cry this time, but I did get a little emotional. But like just having Helen hold my hand and then having Janet rub my legs, like it's OK. Like those little gestures, like they really mean a lot. And yeah, I think all of us go through like insecure moments. But just know that your girlfriends who really got you like just that little thing. Can go really far. No, stop! Stop. I don't know what the
2: fuck. I know, yeah. Like you know, the last six months have been really hard for me, and you two ladies just like having these types of conversations. Like it really does help a lot. I don't like to emote.
3: Stop! (laughs)
4: Stop. I I stopped crying. See, the tears are not falling down my face. It's like
3: a tomato, (laughs) bitch. (laughs) The first tears of season five.
4: Why? You know, it's funny. This always (laughs) happens. I'm just like, it's not gonna happen, and it fucking happens. But yeah, I think that was a sweet moment. Thank you, Mel. Yeah, no, I. Especially when you're feeling like shit. The very, another
2: valuable aspect of talking with your girlfriends is that they offer you perspective, right? Yeah. Like, for example, at the off-the-bike thing, I felt like, in my head, I was like, oh, my God, it totally messed up. And yeah. everyone saw that I kind of, like, totally forgot my train of thought and everything. And then when you guys were able to tell me, like, no, it was just a small blip, and then you kind of continued, it made me readjust my yeah. perception of reality and be like, okay, maybe mm. I was, like, overreacting.
4: Sorry, I don't want to get all mushy. Everyone on the podcast like, wow, these fucking girls. But <laughs> I do think even, like before every event i love the fact that we could literally go huddle in a bathroom and like kind of like affirm each other like i know we're all scared we're all nervous for this this doesn't come naturally to us yeah but know that in the end we have each other yeah to support and if we fuck up we fuck up and i think what's really helpful is that are we still really confident on stage with you guys because even though i might forget my story for a moment you guys know my story and you guys like come back in yeah or we help each
3: other out exactly yeah. that's actually a big thing like that's one of our collective insecurities right it's yeah. just speaking and that's because we have you know, you know we're like modern day working women, right we work nine to five plus jobs yeah. we sit in cubicles and we don't interact too much with too many people mm-hmm. so then when we're asked to like speak in front of and, and actually have to like give advice it's like a really scary thing to do so yeah mm-hmm. we huddle in a bathroom beforehand and we like we put our arms around each other and then we like rock back and forth <laughs>
4: we got this we got this like literally we were doing that and off the mic and there's someone in the fucking stall <laughs> yeah. it's happened a couple of times yeah.
2: So. yeah so if you come to one of our meetups we'll be in the bathroom first in the bathroom, bathroom.
4: <laughs> but I think it just shows that, you know, like, at the end of the day, we're all, all so of we're us all are, like... all human. Yeah, yeah. We're all human. And we're all dealing with something and trying to figure out how to, like, go, you know, like, tackle it. And actually, that's one thing I wanted to mention is that when we talk about insecurities and how we deal with it, like, I think the another thing I would say is two things. One, be confident and know that this is something that everyone goes through and, like, mm-hmm. take comfort in that. And, but at the same time, second thing is don't brush over these insecurities. They're there for a reason. And I know it's easy for us to distract ourselves and try to, like, kind of brush under the rug, but... I think one thing i feel like i benefit is to look at my insecurity and actually find ways to take action Mm -hmm. to understand why i have these insecurities you know maybe it's rooted for something from childhood maybe it's something that's currently going on but i think the better you understand yourself and know how to cope with it you might know how to deal with it better when it comes up again you know
3: i mean what during our off the mic event when we had the breakout groups right like just asking the question of and not to say like insecurities mental health but it kind of is all within sort of like a similar category. But I asked a question of like how many people think that they're going through mental health like issues and like 90% of the people raise their hand and then you ask them like how many people are actually going through treatment for it and like 90% of those hands literally just like dropped because like it's such a taboo topic. People, in especially in the Asian culture, they don't want to talk about their insecurities. I feel like people just don't want to share that because it shows weakness mm-hmm. is what we've been taught. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like you're saying, Mel, Instead of shoving it under the rug and pretending like everything is okay, digging into your insecurity, kind of like highlighting and talking about it, going to get help for it, yeah. right? And I feel like going to a therapist, it's not like you're crazy. It's that everyone goes through things and they can help highlight and look at things very objectively. Like, oh, yeah. oh like this part of your story seems to be very important in your life and you just brush that under the rug but maybe focus on that and is that something that is like a driver of this insecurity that you have mm-hmm. once you can figure out the basis of the problem you can kind of fix it a lot easier and yeah. then you can actually like show up as your true authentic self mm-hmm. wherever you are right
4: exactly I forgot to mention this, but like the first thing I thought of when I was going through my moments of like feeling like myself was worth nothing. I was like, shit, I got to go back to therapy. That's the first thought I thought about. Mm -hmm. And me and and Janet were messaging, so have you messaged your therapist? Like, how about you? Like, which one one do you recommend? So there's no shame, no shame at all finding a therapist at all.
2: Yeah, and I think to the point about it being important to identify your insecurities is not just to get to know yourself better, but those are also the things that if you work on, you will develop a greater sense of
3: self-confidence. True. And I think also when you like, share it and then you hear other people are like oh i go through that too Mm -hmm. then it becomes like a small community or like a support group and you also don't feel so like crazed in your own head yeah that you're going through this thing so thank you so much for joining us on today's episode i've got a little here in there from mel oh damn it <laughs> it's hard it's hard to talk about our insecurities but i think as we've mentioned these insecurities are created and sort of manifest in our own heads it's okay to feel these insecurities like we said don't sweep it under the rug but know that you are more than enough and also that you are just not alone in these thoughts our suggestion here is you know, to lean into your insecurities and create little goals for yourself and work on these goals because these goals do add up. So find your strengths and just make them stronger. And just be you. I think the becoming part, that'll happen as you go on. It's part of being human. Self-doubt, you know, that exists even in the most confident looking people. Just know that you are full of possibilities and it's just that simple. In time, you can get over your insecurities too.
4: Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned leaning into your insecurities because today, when this episode is released, Helen, and myself will be speaking, actually, um, leading a workshop at the Women's Leadership Conference in Pasadena. And like we said, we're so nervous to be, you know, speaking in front of a bunch of women. A thousand and people. Shit. <gasps> but, again, we're leaning into that and trying to build a stronger exterior so we could be better on stage and then when we speak. So. If you guys like this episode, follow us on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl. We'll be probably sharing behind the scenes of this Women's Leadership Conference on our Instagram story. So we'll hope to see you guys there.
2: You can also find us on Spotify and iTunes, ABG slash Asian Boss Girl. And we're also doing a new Dear ABG segment where if you guys call in and leave us a voicemail, we'll play them in one of the episodes uh, this coming season. So you can reach us at 213-262-8776.
3: Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode.
1: Bye!